Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling with another episode. And when I tell you that this conversation today could possibly be very, very enlightening, very freeing, for somebody out there, I will tell you right now, first and foremost, it was a life-changing statement that I had the fortunate pleasure and opportunity to hear this week. So in order for this to have impact, this this particular statement that I was able to hear, I want to take you back briefly just to kind of catch you up if this is your first time tuning into the show or maybe you lost track or when you jumped in as a part of our community here you didn't know my backstory as far as some of the losses that I've suffered so recently my grief has been just high like a high tide and I've talked about that and one of the losses that I went through was losing my father in 2019 he passed away from lung cancer and I had to make some tough decisions as well as my family. One of the things over the last couple of years that I don't always talk about, but I'll talk about today that I've struggled with is making his end of life decisions. So one of those things was hospice. And what I learned is when you have your loved one in the hospital dealing with potentially a terminal illness in in different regards, there's a lot of things that you don't know until you're in it. One of those things was hospice. So I always felt like this was something that people just had to go to. It wasn't a decision that you make. So my dad was struggling a great deal. There was, they were telling me the medical professionals and team, there wasn't many options. There wasn't anything really that they could do. So we're faced here. Okay. My dad is still coherent, still having conversations, but obviously visibly in a lot of pain. And one of the conversations that I had with one of the nurses there, they talked about how the hospital is to get people well. Hospice is to help them transition. There's no longer anything else that they could do to get him well, so we need to start considering hospice. It had been a, been a while, so in and out of the hospital. This last particular stay, things were not looking too good. So we consulted with my family and my brothers, and we made a decision. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put him on to hospice and then obviously, not obviously, maybe you don't know, then a morphine drip starts and it's more about comfort measures at that time. A little bit before that, I recall my father having a conversation in the hospital room with the doctors. My aunt was there as well. I actually had some of that conversation and my dad said he wanted to keep fighting. This breaks my heart to actually recap this but my dad said he wanted to keep fighting and I distinctively remember this doctor saying Mr. Jones it is not about wanting to fight or win you've already lost the battle it's about how you want to accept that loss 
I still have in my house on a piece of paper where my dad was writing things when he was intubated. Will I ever get up again? Will I ever go back home? These are really tough things to say to you now. And it was even harder to live through it. Why am I sharing this? I am, I am not trying to bring you down. I understand depending on when you listen to this episode. It could be right around Father's Day. Just depending. But I struggle. I struggle with the fact that did I add to speeding up my father's end of life by deciding for him to go on to hospice and also become a DNR, which is do not resuscitate. I'm having lunch fast forward now present day to this current week with one of my coworkers. And we have a pretty decent age gap, but we're working together that day. We decided to have lunch together. He had recently lost his father. So we're just having a conversation talking about what it's like to lose loved ones, just to, the whole experience in general. So I went on to that point and just said, hey, it is hard to become a caretaker and you have to make these decisions at the end of life for some people and what that was like for me. And I said, I told him what I just told you. I remember having the conversation, hearing a doctor say this to my father, that he lost the battle essentially to cancer. And maybe you've heard that in your life where someone says this person lost their battle to diabetes. They lost their battle to cancer. They lost their battle to whatever this terminal illness is, HIV, AIDS, so many different things that become terminal. And I think we just accept it as a culture and just in our mind because why would we challenge that that this clearly to me looks like defeat why would I think anything otherwise this person I love was diagnosed with this and now this person I love is dead they are deceased because of this particular thing or illness that looks like a loss maybe you're saying to yourself as you're listening to this yes it does it looks like a loss it sounds like a loss it must be a loss what my coworker then says to me across from this table, middle of the day, rain is outside. It's a rainy day, afternoon around one o'clock. We're sitting across from each other eating food. And obviously we're exchanging our, our sorrows. We're exchanging where we are in our grief journey. And I then communicate to him how it was communicated to me that my father lost. And he says what he likes to say. And I can't recall clearly if he said that he got this from somewhere else or where it came from. But I'm just going to say it came from God to say to me that day because I have been so much lighter since. He said, are you guys ready for this? Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to tease you. So he says, he likes to say that it was a tie. Because when the person died, so did the cancer. When this person died, so did the diabetes. When this person died, so did the HIV that was running rampant, that was becoming a terror, a pain in the behind, and, and ultimately a terminal illness for this person that you might have loved. And for me, it was specifically cancer. So when he said it, he goes, I say that it was a tie because when they died, so did the cancer. When I tell you, I could cry right now thinking about it that way is so life changing to someone who has carried a burden of feeling like was there other options? Should we have held on a little bit longer? Could we have kept fighting? Ultimately, my mind is cancer took my father away from me, which ultimately, yes, it did. 
But in terms of the word battle and saying that it was a tie because they both passed away made me feel so much better because I have carried that and I've always looked at it like he lost. Knowing that this person that I love fought like hell. So to say loss, when you know that this person was fighting and fighting and taking medication, going to doctor's appointments, dealing with the pain, dealing with the agony, dealing with the adjustments of their life and going through all these things to ultimately say that they unfortunately succumbed. They unfortunately lost their battle with specifically is a phrase that many of us have had to hear. So to now say that it ended in a draw, it ended in a tie. It was not a loss of a battle to this person that you loved and you watched give their absolute everything that if there was another solution, they would have won. It obviously becomes a matter of medical science, your overall health, where you are in your life, etc. I can only pray that that statement, that realization, me sharing this with you right now will enlighten the life of someone right now. It will take years, sometimes decades off of people. I do not like to hear that sentence and I will actually try to offer it moving forward where I can. Maybe some people will be receptive of it and maybe some won't. Maybe you might still look at it like, no, they lost. They were defeated. At, at that point, February 14, 2019, when my father passed away, he wouldn't have chosen to die if there was an alternative so since now I'm thinking yes he died but so did the cancer and when you hear that someone has cancer or something like along those lines it becomes for me your arch arch enemy I hate cancer. You see so many t-shirts that are like F cancer and all of these different things. So when I can look at something and say that ultimately the, the cancer died too within this specific person, man, that was just so powerful. It stopped me right in my tracks. I don't even think that my coworker realizes how powerful those words were, how life-changing for me those words were. I'm hoping that it can help someone else out there. And what it's teaching me is that although I feel like I've gone to therapy, I've worked through my grief, I know it's a journey. It's essentially a constant battle every day. Different seasons are heavier than others. But the biggest thing that it has taught me is to stay open. If you remain open on your journey to the number one fact that I just want to feel better. I don't want the grief to weigh me down. I don't want to feel this, this burden, this heaviness, this sorrow. I don't want to go through this. So then I have to remain open to different perspectives. Because if I'm just like, no, he lost. Cancer killed my father. It's just a terrible blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow, that was so freeing. That was so beautiful. And that's what I'm challenging myself to continue to do is just to be open. And when I hear that, it's not going to work for everyone, but to look at it and say, hey, man, my perspective has changed. And because my perspective has changed, maybe I can grow. Maybe that I needed to hear that because, again, as I mentioned, this season has been a little bit heavier for me. So that was that powerful statement. 
the next one is I'm actually going into my house and I'm talking to my neighbor. I'm like, hey, she's like, oh, you're going to go in now and relax. I was just getting home from work. I said, no, actually, I have to change gears and go out and record my podcast. She goes, oh, what is your podcast about? Mind you, she's about like a 60, early 60s, sitting out just watering her lawn. She lives with her sister. They're like best friends. And I said, oh, it's about grief and loss, just helping people to be able to deal and cope on this journey. She goes, we just cry. She literally said it like that, just watering her grass. We just cry. They lost their parents, different people, obviously, along the way. And I said, that's a powerful thing. It's a beautiful thing because, honestly, there was some symbolism because she's just watering her grass and she's speaking about just crying. And although that was so easy for her to say, it's not that easy for a lot of us to bring ourselves and allow ourselves to get to that level of vulnerability where crying actually becomes an option. Where crying actually becomes something as a tool, as a resource on our healing journey. And for her to say that, I was like, you know what? I want to talk about that because sometimes we're looking for this really complicated map, if you will, a guide. What do I do? Next steps. And sometimes it's just to let yourself cry. Let yourself release. Just be exactly where you are and how you feel. I think that is one of the keys that we're missing oftentimes because the simplicities sometimes just don't feel that great. It's like, hey, I want to feel better. What do I need to do? Well, just feel. Part of wanting to feel better, you have to allow yourself to actually feel, to actually experience where you are. And it was such a thing of this week, the knowledge, the wisdom that I was given was both from people that have 20 plus years in age gap on me. So that too is there is wisdom And these nuggets and gems that can free you may come from places that you weren't expecting it. What I think that the middle of my day on a random Wednesday afternoon having lunch with a coworker that we would get into this conversation and there will be such a life-changing exchange. Then the very next day getting home and having a conversation with my neighbor just telling her what I'm doing, what I'm doing. And she just says, we just cry. She said it just like that. So matter of fact. And there's so many people, maybe it's you, you have not allowed yourself to cry. Ask yourself, self, when was the last time that I actually allowed myself to cry? When did I lean into the curiosity of why I'm feeling this way? That's, that's the thing too for me. What I think has been happening lately is just being able to just sit. So I've, I wake up with my daughter a lot of times in the middle of the night, so around 3 a.m. and the where her window is positioned excuse me, where her, where the chair in her room is positioned near the window, I often find myself just gazing out while I'm rocking her back to sleep to put her back down. And this is a time where I can sit still with myself and lean in. And, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. Sometimes I find myself imagining the faces of people that I lost. I bring their smiles to the forefront of that moment. And I lean into it. It's just like the stillness of the 3 a.m. hour or 4 a.m. around that time, the stillness of the world where I'm at. It's just I guess it just has a different magnitude, a different power to it that I wasn't 
anticipating, but I've been leaning into it. So what are some of the moments in your life where you can feel the most vulnerable, the most calm, where you can become more curious about where you are and just let things be? I hope that so far what I've spoken about can help you and that you can not only keep it to yourself, but then go have this conversation with someone else, share that to someone who feels like their loved one lost a battle. You can say, you know what? It was a tie because when they die, so did that. Whatever it is, it could be alcoholism. It could be a drug addiction. It could be a mental illness, whatever it is, whatever was essentially killing them died as well in their journey. That is that is powerful if you allow it to be and the last thing I'll say before I get out of here is I have spoken about it before but grief dreams dreams where my loved ones are present what I've become aware of is in those dreams I had one recently I was at my grandmother's house my dad was there it was just like man those times and that is when I feel the most like myself that is when I feel the most like myself when my world is, is the reality of when I felt whole. When I can be present, whether it's unconsciously or in my dreams, at a time when life was pre all of this, that's the way I'll package that up, it feels so good that I just don't want to wake up out of those moments. And I know you might feel the same way too. So all I'm trying to say to PS to our entire conversation today is to lean in, to stay open, to give respect to the power of the perspectives changing, to be able to help us continue to navigate this journey, to move through this experience. I could talk about grief probably to the end of time because we're going to continue to lose loved ones. But I want to make sure that we're giving these different options, perspectives, resources, challenging, challenging us where we are guys i hope this helps somebody today we're going to keep leaning in keep on working through everything that we're going through thank you so much for continuing to tap in i know we haven't been as consistent sometimes i have the episodes like i said before i've been just trying to navigate my journey as well but i am going to keep showing up for you the absolute best that i can i just cannot I cannot stop, even on times where I'm not feeling my best and I'm feeling like, oh, man, I'm tired or this and that. I'm like, I want to push through because there's someone who's waiting for this upload, not because of me. I'll really say that, but because maybe there's something that they're they're seeking and hoping for and that can change their life. And so for that, I want to keep doing that because, again, look, people this week changed my life by conversation. That's the thing I want to do is hope that my words can play a part in your journey. And if they are, if they're helping you, please feel free Leave me a comment, write us a review, let us know how this did or did not help you, what else we could be doing to aid you on your journey. Thank you for tapping in. Guys, if you have any questions you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to do that over on Instagram, but you have to be following me. So like, make sure you're doing that at I underscore AM underscore Jane Nicole. Guys, so next time you already know, love and light. Peace. Peace.